Hello, and as always, a very warm welcome on this Friday's episode of The Change and Evolve Letter, and thank you so much for joining me. Do you know what you are doing? Imposter syndrome, or pretending to be someone you are not. Do you know that feeling when you think everyone around you knows what they're doing? That feeling that everyone seems to have a plan and have things all worked and figured out? Everyone except for you? Well, I can assure you, I know that feeling all too well. But what's really interesting is that many people feel just like that at some point in their lives. Nobody, or at least I'm assuming almost nobody, has it all worked out or even working for them. Even if that is sometimes very difficult to believe. I do believe, though, that some people are just so much better at hiding their insecurities. I suppose that is what it boils down to. You think you are the only one who feels like an imposter, that you are faking it. Well, I can definitely assure you that you are not alone. You may have heard the saying, fake it till you make it. When I started this newsletter a little over two years ago, it really did take me all my courage I could muster to to publish the very first letter. I was riddled with insecurities, and, well, I often still am, thinking that what I might have to say would not be good or interesting enough for anyone to want to actually read it. And in the beginning when, oh, someone actually unsubscribed from my newsletter, I took it almost personally and all the self-doubt resurfaced. Well, considering that this is actually the 200th Change and Evolve letter going live today, I can say it has become so much easier, as it does with many things that you just keep doing. And my mantra is that I will keep writing as long as I enjoy it. And of course, I really do enjoy and appreciate all the feedback, the good and, well, also the not so good, and the interaction with my readers. But I'm getting a little off topic. At the core of imposter syndrome is a fear of not being good enough. This might not be there all the time. But when it occurs, you seriously doubt yourself and your capabilities and feel incredibly insecure. Dr. Jessamy Hibbert. Imposter syndrome was first described by two clinical psychologists, Dr. Pauline Clance and Dr. Suzanne Imes, in 1978, when they noticed that their female students were full of doubt about their abilities and accomplishments. The idea of imposter syndrome has emerged over those past several decades as a way to explain the self-doubts and questioning that occur when people finally achieve the success they've desired for years, especially in women. Each time I write a book, every time I face that yellow pad, the challenge is so great. I have written 11 books. But each time I think, uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. 
I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. Maya Angelou We all experience imposter syndrome or our specific insecurities differently. For some, it may emerge when their own field of productivity is minimized by others. Often we see what others have achieved and the belief that we can never get to that level, it manifests and can then even become a reality. Essentially, it is the nagging feeling of not being good enough, of not having done enough and not having achieved enough. We question not just our particular occupation or area of accomplishment, but also the knowledge we've gained in that sphere. And we then even question our usefulness. When I won the Oscar, I thought it was a fluke. I thought everybody would find out and they'd take it back. They'd come to my house knocking on the door. Excuse me, we meant to give that to someone else. That was going to Meryl Streep. Jodie Foster. We observe those who succeed more than us and our reality becomes distorted, akin to watching Hollywood's output of unrealistic success stories, making us feel inferior as we ask ourselves, how do they perform like that? So what is it we can do to alleviate imposter syndrome or our own insecurities? Well, as always, I believe that there are several ways to approach this. The first, and to me the most important one, is to not keep comparing yourself to others. Of course, there will always be people who make more money, win more awards, or consistently receive praise from those in their workplace or volunteer group or whatever. Someone may have more subscribers than I do and receive more feedback. So instead of looking for that validation from the outside, Why not look for self-validation from within? And suddenly your mindset and also your perspective, they, they shift. And, well, you'll probably be less likely to feel that what you're doing and how you're doing it is a sham or even irrelevant. But also taking pride, something really important, in your own knowledge and ideas is something you should consider. Well, often, as in my case as well, our upbringing did not allow for this. It is that moment when you receive praise for something you have done or an idea you've had that you, that you feel undeserving, that you feel like an imposter. And for me, this was, this especially, I, I, I experienced this with motherhood. And I believe this is a great example for explaining imposter syndrome. When I was pregnant with my daughter, pretty much everyone around me told me how wonderful it is to be expecting and the deep love of a mother towards her unborn baby. And to be honest, all of this absolutely terrified me because I was sure that I would be the most horrible mother ever. And I will tell you why. It was simply because I didn't feel any of this. 
And yes, of course, there was some excitement. I enjoyed to feel when she started kicking me. Um, and I took good care of myself, but it was all so theoretical. I mean, what did I know about being a mother, especially as I never had a role model? I felt like an imposter and was I was afraid, I was terrified that I would ruin another person's life. And when she was born and first put in my arms, I knew, I knew for the very first time in my life what absolutely pure and unconditional love is and what it feels like. So the love was there. And this is where the Hollywood movie would most likely end. (laughs) But of course, this is actually where life begins. So as I was raised multilingual, I made the decision to give my daughter the opportunity to grow up with two languages, German and English. I was the one, as we were living in Germany, who would only speak English with her. And I did this from the day she was born, simply so I could condition myself to do it. The reactions of my environment were very unexpected. My motivation was simply to gift my daughter with a second language that she would not have to struggle to learn at a later point in her life. The main reactions were as follows. A. You're trying to show off your great language skills. Well, quite frankly, I never felt the need to prove that to anyone. B. You're overloading your poor child. Well, she was like a sponge, and it came very easy to her, as it did to her brother as well. C. She will be confused and mix up the languages. Honestly, never happened. Actually, she knew very quickly that she would speak English with me and otherwise German. Admittedly, both children replied to me in German from a certain age, but they did understand all I told them. My daughter even went to university in England and is living there to this day. D. She will be slower in learning to speak. I can assure you that's absolutely not true. Well, and I heard some more variations of the same. Unfortunately, I stood my ground in that case. I was doubting myself a lot, as in many other aspects of being a mother. And on a side note, most of those who belittled me and even ridiculed me in the beginning for my decision, later on, they actually applauded me for giving my children a second language. I suppose that's just how people are. But we are not born as mothers and fathers. We learn as we go along and we make mistakes and are insecure and sometimes we feel like imposters. And I believe this is just one example of many and that at one point or another we all suffer from imposter syndrome, even if we don't always realise it. Today, I'm unbelievably proud of my children and the wonderful young adults they have become and I know they're part of that was my doing. So rather than allowing ourselves to be defined by the number of achievements we earn, our salary, or those awards for our own creations, 
we should perhaps take more pride in what we do as an expression of our own abilities. And the less we define ourselves by the attention we get from others, the more we can derive self-respect from within. We gain strength and courage and confidence by each experience in which we really stop to look fear in the face. Eleanor Roosevelt What also feeds into imposter syndrome is the need for perfection and the fear of never being perfect enough. So a destructive perfectionism. The result is that on top of fear and the feeling of being an imposter, shame can actually become a predominant feeling in your life. And suddenly you can hear the shaming voice. You're not who everyone thinks you are. And in an effort to burrow into your psyche, that, that insecurity finds a home in your already well-established fear. It appears like no one has known who you really are for years. The persona you created for emotional survival now could easily morph into that person who is terrified of being found out. Well, this is one way an imposter syndrome can be created and manifest itself. If you are one of those perfectionists and believe you are never enough, challenge your perfectionism. For example, you could develop a hobby in which you force yourself to begin at the very beginning. Risk, laugh and accept the messiness. It can really help make the learning process fun again and remind you how you used to enjoy learning. Maybe you can do exactly that again. But you could also just make a list of your own strengths and your vulnerabilities and strongly claim what is your expertise. When you can do this, you don't have to be the best at everything. But also knowing the dynamics of your triggers is key. Where did you learn this strategy to have to be perfect? So if you make those connections with your past, um, when, you, when you may have begun to camouflage those vulnerabilities and strap on a perfect looking facade can actually shed a huge light on how you're trying to emotionally survive today. We are all imposters in one way or another at some point in our lives. We use the knowledge of others and the resources of others. We use the things we hear, see and experience to shape our days, our professional lives and even our relationships. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt. And my song of the week, well, I chose, and it's, I, I love this song. It's a stunningly beautiful song by Brandy Carlyle. It's called When You're Wrong. And of course, you know what's coming now. This song has been added to the growing playlist of the, on Spotify. It's song number 200 today. That's how I know how many newsletters I've sent out. Well, 
It's just one click away, like it, share it, or just listen to some really good music. And my poem of the week is by Gerard Manley Hopkins, who lived from 1844 to 1889. And it's called, My Own Heart, Let Me More Have Pity On. My own heart, let me more have pity on. Let me live to my sad self hereafter kind, charitable, not live this tormented mind, with this tormented mind tormenting yet. I cast for comfort, I can no more get, by groping round my comfortless than blind eyes in their dark can day or thirst can find, thirsts all in all, in all a world of wet. Soul, self, come, poor Jack self, I do advise you, jaded, let be, call off thoughts a while. Elsewhere, leave comfort root room, let joy sighs, at God knows when to God knows what, whose smile is not wrung, see you, unforeseen times rather, as skies between pie mountains, lights a lovely mile. And as an impression, well, it's an autumn mood at Lake Starnberg, which you know I adore. So the question is, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Well, in what aspects and how do you deal with it? Let me know your thoughts in the comments or send me a message. You know that I do enjoy hearing from you very, very much. Wishing you a wonderful weekend. Yours, Tanya. <laughs>